This week, a special edition of State of Texas focused on the impeachment trial of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, the key allegations, the witnesses, and the challenges of the case. We are going to be locked in that room for eight, nine hours a day, you know, listening to the evidence. We look at what to expect once the trial begins in the Senate chamber. A vote to impeach Ken Paxton does put a senator against most of their Republican voters and on the side of Democrats. Away from the Capitol, some groups make their case for what decision senators should reach. We look at who's spending big money to try to sway the process. Paxton has faced accusations for years and he's stayed popular with voters. But are the allegations revealed by the impeachment changing minds? We dig into new data about what Texans think of him now. Produced from the Capitol in Austin and airing statewide, this is the award-winning State of Texas. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this special edition of State of Texas. I'm Josh Hinkle. We come to you this week from the state capitol, where the Texas Senate chamber has been transformed into a courtroom. On Tuesday, Texas senators will take on a constitutional duty that few in the state's history have faced before, acting as jurors in a court of impeachment. Suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton will be the first statewide elected official in a century to face an impeachment trial. He faces 20 articles of impeachment. Paxton denies any wrongdoing. Our Capitol correspondent Monica Madden details the allegations. We will not tolerate corruption, bribery, abuse of office, retaliation. At the end of May, the Republican-led Texas House made history in an overwhelming vote to impeach Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton. And either this is going to be the beginning of the end of his criminal reign, or God help us with the harms that will come to all Texans if he is allowed to stay the top cop. Now the Senate is tasked with a responsibility of equal gravity after a summer of attorneys making their case to the public. Ken Paxton will never, never be convicted by the Senate. Not on this evidence, not with this record, and not when the fact is the allegations are completely untrue. And I'll promise you, it's 10 times worse than has been public and that is your time. Paxton denies any and all wrongdoing. Senators will have to decide if there's enough proof Paxton committed impeachable offenses and if it's enough to remove him from office. The allegations are relatively comprehensive allegations that he abused the authority of his office mostly to help a particular donor, but also to avoid some scrutiny himself. Trial law experts like Mike Golden note, at the center of most of the accusations is a man named Nate Paul, a campaign donor and friend of Paxton's. The articles claim Paxton went to great lengths to help Paul, accepting bribes, misappropriating public resources, and conspiring to conceal his relationship with Paul and a woman Paxton allegedly had an affair with. Many of the accusations come from former top officials in the AG's office. I think the most serious allegations are the ones that, that relate to the claim that Paxton attempted to interfere with ongoing criminal investigations into a, a donor and friend. If the evidence convinces the senators that the FBI was investigating Nate Paul and that Paxton used the powers of his office and taxpayer dollars to interfere with that investigation, I think that's going to be the, the most uh, important allegations to the senators. 
Monica joins us now. We know Paxton faces separate criminal charges stemming from a 2015 securities fraud indictment. Could this trial impact his other legal issues? I mean, it's very possible, Josh. I was there in Houston when Paxton had his separate securities fraud court setting, which has been years in the making. It was his first court appearance in quite some time. And we spoke to prosecutors and Paxton's defense attorneys after that court setting, and they said that all eyes will be on this impeachment trial because if he has to, uh, if he's compelled to take the witness stand at some point or other witnesses who are tied to his security fraud um, charges, it could end up impacting those, how prosecutors move forward. And the judge even said that during that court setting back in earlier August. Well, last weekend, there were rumors that Paxton would resign before the impeachment trial starts. He denied that, but what does history tell us about if that were to happen. Well, Josh, as you know, the last time a statewide elected official was impeached was Governor James or Pa Ferguson in 1917. So we don't have a ton of precedent to go off of. But one thing that's historically relevant is Ferguson actually ended up resigning after the Senate voted to convict him on the articles of impeachment, but before he was officially removed from office. So Ferguson referred to it as a attempted impeachment because he resigned before that happened. Now, with this case in particular, although you noted that Paxton said he does not plan to resign, he said he will continue to fight for Texans in a uh, statement on social media when all of those rumors were bubbling. Um, but the House managers who are presenting this case and their attorneys said that they have a constitutional obligation to proceed with this trial regardless of whether Paxton were to resign. It's something that I double checked in the Texas Constitution. It says that if the House impeaches a state elected official, the Senate must have a trial to vote on those articles of impeachment and uh, make a decision on whether that person should be removed from office and barred from possibly holding future office. Everyone's been wondering about the witnesses in this trial. Who are we expecting to take the stand? Now, we haven't seen the witness list ourselves, but our friends over at the Dallas Morning News obtained a copy and had a count of more than 100 witnesses that could possibly be people that we hear from during this trial. Granted, house managers and um, prosecutor defense attorneys have about 24 hours to present their case. So likely legal experts say they're not going to be able to go through all of those witnesses. But a couple of people are uh, sticking out at the top of that list. Paxton is one of the key witnesses on the house managers list of who they want to see take that stand. Granted, his attorneys have said that he cannot testify. They do have subpoena power, the house managers, so we'll see how that shakes out. Um, other people include the woman that Paxton is alleged allegedly had an affair with. Um, also, some of those whistleblowers who really started this whole process by calling attention to the allegations of Paxton's misuse of office. Um, we also are expecting to hear possibly from two senators, including uh, Paxton's wife, State Senator Angela Paxton, who could also be called to the witness stand. All right, Monica, thank you very much. Under the Senate rules, each side will have a total of 24 hours to present evidence. Senators will vote separately on each article of impeachment. If an article is accepted by two-thirds of the present senators, it will be entered as a conviction. Votes that fall short of two-thirds will be counted as an acquittal. If Paxton is convicted on any article of impeachment, the House Board of Managers can ask for a judgment to disqualify Paxton from office. That would also require approval by two-thirds of the present senators. This will not be a speedy trial. Earlier this week, we spoke to a state senator who gave us some insight into how long the process could take. We can't talk about it very much. We're under a gag order. I can tell you that it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be about a four-week process. Uh, 
I think likely beyond that. I think it's, it's going to be closer to six. Um, we are going to be locked in that room for eight, nine hours a day, you know, listening to the evidence. Uh, Ken Paxton will get a fair trial, the same fair trial, impartial uh, judgment that everybody should get in that situation. Um, and we'll see how it all goes. The impeachment trial will be open to the public, and a lot of people will come here to the Capitol to see it in person. The rules require people to get tickets to be in the Senate gallery during the trial. The free tickets will be handed out each day on a first-come, first-served basis. Just under 300 seats will be reserved for the public. And there will be strict rules for people in the gallery. Cell phones and electronic devices must be turned off or set to vibrate. No talking, clapping, or demonstrations are allowed. Everyone must remain seated at all times. The Senate said any violation would result in immediate removal from the gallery. If you can't be here in person, we'll have live streaming coverage on this station's website starting Tuesday morning. That coverage will continue throughout the trial. Paxton has been popular with Texas voters, but as allegations against him get more attention, we look at a new poll into Paxton's popularity. What do Texas voters think about him now? Senators, lawyers, witnesses, and other parties involved in the trial are under a gag order. But outside the process, some groups are loudly making their case. We look at who's spending big money to influence the verdict. As senators prepare to decide Ken Paxton's fate, there are concerns about outside influences on the trial. Political interests and wealthy donors are using cash and connections to affect the process. Ryan Chandler breaks down the big money impact behind the scenes. Hacks putting pressure on the process, telling Republican senators a vote for conviction is a vote for consequences. If they do decide to do that, ultimately they're going to go back home and, and hear from their voters. The pro-Paxton group Defend Texas Liberty gave a $3 million contribution to the court's presiding officer just before he set to try their political ally. I would say that a vote to impeach Ken Paxton does put a senator against most of their Republican voters and on the side of Democrats. And that often does lead to them getting opposition from a very broad conservative coalition. Financial records show more than 95% of Defend Texas Liberty's money comes from just two billionaires, Ferris Wilkes and Tim Dunn, kingmakers of Republican politics who have long been Paxton supporters. Other groups also urging voters to turn up the heat on their senators, like Steve Hotze's Stand with Paxton page. General Paxton has fought these powerful evil forces in court. No wonder they want to get rid of him. Both sides acknowledging this is not a typical trial, with concerns for impartiality. Principle needs to be what guides them, not politics. The Senate is going to try to do this as fairly as possible under the unusual circumstances. We're going to have a hard time finding an impartial jury, I would think. The money game has led government watchdogs to call for stricter ethics rules. Everything that's happening right now, although it doesn't look good, it's legal. What we need long term is a legislature that says, you know, enough is enough. We need to keep the money away from these important decisions. Macias says anti-Paxton groups have also been trying to influence the outcome. And in this case, don't hate the player, hate the game. The lieutenant governor said it best. He said, this is not a criminal trial. This is not a civil trial. This is a political trial. 
Ryan joins us now. Money's not just been flowing from the outside. Your reporting has shown that even senators who will decide Paxton's fate have a history of political donations connected to him, right? Yeah, Josh, that's right. Let's put this in context. Just a few weeks ago, Dan Patrick appointed a former Republican judge named Mark Brown to help preside over the trial. Brown ended up turning down that offer, citing a $250 donation that he made to one of Paxton's primary opponents, Ava Guzman, last year. Meanwhile, we have at least three senators who have made similar donations either to or against Paxton during their campaigns. There's Galveston Republican Mays Middleton, who donated not $250, but $300,000 to another Paxton primary opponent, Louis Gohmert, last year. And then there's Midland Republican Kevin Sparks, who donated $2,500 to Paxton himself during a previous campaign. And we find this on both sides of the aisle. There's a Democrat from San Antonio, Jose Menendez. He donated $1,000 to Paxton's general election challenger, Democrat Rochelle Garza, in the last election. So while these senators are at least meant to be impartial jurors during this trial, at least some of them have a noted history of putting their finger on the scale in Paxton's previous elections. Ryan, is there any indication that the jury's history could infringe on that impartiality of the process? Well, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has maintained from the beginning that the people of Texas can count on the Senate to conduct a just and fair trial. In fact, just this Friday, he said that he will not be accepting any campaign donations during the process. All right, Ryan, thank you very much. Ken Paxton has faced accusations for years, yet he's remained popular with voters. But are the detailed allegations from the impeachment process changing minds? We'll dig into new data about what Texans think of Paxton now. And the pictures tell a story. How two portraits can give insight into an impeachment that shaped Texas history. Ken Paxton's legal team has made the case that impeachment goes against the will of Texas voters. They point out that he won re-election despite voters knowing about the accusations against him. But the impeachment process has brought out more detailed accusations against Paxton. And polling from UT's Texas Politics Project shows a shift. The poll of registered voters taken last month asked, do you think that Ken Paxton took actions while attorney general that justify removing him from elected office? 47% said yes, 18% said no, and 35% said they did not know or had no opinion. We're joined now by Jim Henson, director of the Texas Politics Project. Your poll asked a similar question back in June. Back then, a slightly higher percentage of voters polled thought the House was justified to impeach Paxton. Today, is the difference significant? Well, I, I think it's not that significant. I mean, I, what we see is when you ask a general question about the House impeaching Paxton back in June and then again in August, you know, you get about 50% saying, yeah, you know, they were justified. The underlying point here is that people have not been paying a lot of attention to this during the summer, and so opinions haven't moved very much. You've been tracking voters' opinions of Paxton for years. How much of an impact has news of the impeachment trial affected his approval rating? Well, it seems like it's had quite an impact. In our most recent poll, his approval numbers were at the lowest point they've been uh, in the last two years that we've been polling on his, on his approval. Uh, he's about 19 points underwater, net negative, which is very low and much lower than his peers uh, among elected officials. The Texas Politics Project tracks voters' opinions on various issues, and we're used to seeing big divides based on party affiliation on many topics. Is the Republican-Democrat divide any different when it comes to Ken Paxton? Well, it is a little bit, most significantly because Republicans are divided. So on most questions where we've asked about 
what people think about Paxton, whether it's the impeachment, whether it's uh, whether he should be removed from office, you see almost even divisions, but with very large numbers of Republicans undecided. So in the latest poll, in the question about whether uh, the, the uh, suspended attorney general should be removed from office, uh, more than 40% of Republicans said they didn't have an opinion. Um, that makes it hard for the senators and, and not great news for the attorney general. What generally factors into someone being indecisive or having no opinion? Well, I think in this case, we're seeing a few different things. We're seeing, first and foremost, this is a very complicated case. As those of us that have been following it closely, it's, it's hard for us to keep track of all of the developments and how everything is, is connected. More broadly, people don't pay a lot of attention to the attorney general, to that level of government. And so there's not a lot of things drawing people in anyway. And then finally, people are generally not paying attention to politics, you know, quite a bit, and especially during the summer. I think that's one of the reasons we saw very little movement between June and August. Well, your poll also asked voters what they thought of Governor Abbott, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, and Speaker Dade Phelan. What are the takeaways from those results? Well, what we saw on all of those is not much movement. Um, the governor, Lieutenant Governor, Speaker Phelan, their approval levels were probably in the middle to the low end of where we expect them to be. The big thing to, to note also is that the Speaker of the House, uh, not, not recognized very well by a, lot of, uh, by a lot of Texans, fairly low name recognition. So you'll see people mentioning that, that Dade Phelan's approval numbers were very low, but about half of Texans really don't know who he is, frankly. All right, Jim Henson, Texas Politics Project, thank you very much. Great to be back. We've heard a lot of opinions about the impeachment of the Attorney General, but this one may have a little more weight. Having been Attorney General, I'm very concerned. Um, the Attorney General's the chief law enforcement officer of the state. The insight from someone who previously held the job. And how portraits here in the Capitol Rotunda can give a little perspective about a previous impeachment that made history in Texas. We've heard a lot of opinions about Kim Paxton's impeachment trial, but we want to share a unique perspective from someone who previously served as Attorney General. Texas Senator John Cornyn was the state's AG from 1999 to 2002. Earlier this week, Cornyn shared his thoughts about the trial and the accusations facing Paxton. You know, I'm, of course, having been Attorney General, I'm very concerned. Um, the Attorney General's the chief law enforcement officer of the state. And um, the members of the House of Representatives perform their constitutional function doing an investigation and voting for the articles of impeachment. Uh, now it's up to the Senate. I've been uh, through two impeachment trials during my time in the U.S. Senate. It's a very uh, difficult time, but I think everybody needs to make sure that um, there's no uh, whiff of politics and that it is basically doing the job the Constitution requires the Senate as a jury um, or court really sitting as an impeachment court do just considering the evidence. The good news and the bad news is we're all going to know what that evidence is. It's all going to be presented in public and uh, everybody's going to make their own decision about uh, the credibility and the weight given to that evidence. But in the end, it's not my job and it's not your job. It's the job of the members of the, of the Texas Senate uh, to render their verdict. And, uh, we're all going to be watching with great interest. You yourself have been really big on transparency 
in the courtroom. Um, it doesn't appear as though this evidence that will be presented to the senators will be made public. Do you think that it should be available to the public to see what some of these allegations are against the Attorney General? Absolutely, absolutely. There, my understanding was the impeachment managers released about 4,000 pages worth of uh, documents. Of course, that has not necessarily been tested um, by cross-examination, and we haven't heard from both sides. That's, the why, that's why I think it's important to reserve judgment and to let the process work its way out. Uh, I think by the time it's all over, uh, we'll have a pretty good idea of, of, of what the evidence is and what to believe and what not to believe. There's only one other statewide elected official in Texas history who faced an impeachment trial. Earlier, we mentioned the story of Governor James Ferguson, better known as Pa Ferguson. His portrait hangs here in the Capitol Rotunda. Back in 1917, he was removed from office for embezzlement and other charges. The Senate also banned him from holding future office, but that didn't keep him out of Texas politics. Just a few feet away in the Rotunda hangs the portrait of Governor Miriam Ferguson, his wife, and she's known as Ma Ferguson. She was elected in 1924 after campaigning on the promise that she would seek her husband's advice and Texans would get two governors for the price of one. Ma Ferguson lost her reelection bid, but she ran again in 1932 and won another term. Just a bit of Texas history as we prepare for a historic week here at the Capitol. Thank you again for joining us for State of Texas. I'm Josh Hinkle and we'll be back next week to bring you an in-depth look at Texas politics.